What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of Kicks and Picks, a soccer betting podcast. We are here breaking down the Champions League quarterfinals. For this episode, we are looking at the match on April 6th, or the tie that starts April 6th, Bayern Munich at Villarreal. What's going on, guys? You got Nick here with Scott. Scotty, what's the word? Once again, we are without coach, who's now officially been demoted to assistant coach. Um, but that's okay. We're here to do the heavy lifting. And to be honest with you guys, I think Nick and I got the odds unlocked this week anyways. No doubt about it. I think we're in, we're in strong agreement. So this, um, much like what we talked about yesterday with Liverpool and Benfica, um, this, is, this is probably on par in, in terms of a mismatch, at least on paper. So uh, the odds to advance from this matchup, uh, from this quarterfinal, Villarreal is the underdog plus 600, Bayern heavy, heavy favorites at minus 1,400. Well, you say that, Nick, where you say that you think this is a big mismatch, but you would have also said that about Villarreal against Juventus, right? I think there's a lot of parallels you can play with Juve and, and Bayern here, where they're teams that are typically at the top of their league. Their leagues are typically not the strongest, you know, in terms of competition. And I think that sometimes leaves them prone to the occasional upset in Europe. Uh, you know, sometimes you just get surprised about that. You know, what's the Mike Tyson coach? Everyone have a, has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. No doubt. I think that's kind of, you know, the, the potential opportunity here for Bayern, although obviously with Bayern, they have a long, a lot, a little bit more of a successful history in recent years in, in Europe than, than Juve. So I think that's the one caveat. No, and I agree with you 100%. The caveat I made was on paper, right? I'm yeah. just looking at the odds here. But I think um, we're going to get into a lot of it, and I, I will back up exactly what you said a little bit later in the show. So just to take you guys uh, through really quickly how the teams got here, Villarreal finished second in Group F, 10 points. They were one point behind group winners, Man U. But they did take care of business against Juventus, 4-1 on aggregate. Um, I think they dominated that first leg in terms of scoring chances. It was a hard-fought 1-1 draw after Juve scored in the first minute of the game. I don't think Juve had a chance after that, so definitely got to give Villarreal credit for that. And then they did take care of business um, with three goals in the last 13 minutes. Two of them were penalties, but really just didn't give up anything to Juve over two legs um, and, you know, scored when it mattered to kind of get that result. Yeah. The, the game kind of just tilted all of a sudden in those last like 20, 30 minutes. Like you said, they were PKs, but I remember we were checking in on it and we we're like, Oh man, you guys are really close to blowing this really close to blowing this. And then I checked back and it was completely done. Just like, the- 13 no minutes, chance. three goals. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. But so. that's that's bound to happen. And I mean, if if assistant coach Steve were here, uh, I think he would point out the lack of a way goal rule potentially coming into play here where maybe Definitely. Juve would have been a little bit more aggressive in that first leg had they not had to worry about, you know, the, the fact that uh, a Villarreal away goal wasn't going to beat them. They could just go home and win. So it's curious to see what could have happened if, if the tie was switched around where Juve was going away in the second leg. Maybe they would have been a little bit more aggressive in that away leg. But we said it all year. You don't put Juve on the bet slip, and this is a perfect example why. Uh, they just are very inconsistent. And when you need them to score, they won't. And when you expect them to not score, they do. Uh, and, and that's exactly right. To, to Scott's earlier point, right, this isn't the same Juve it has been over the past four, five, six years. But – never would you imagine them losing over two legs to a team that's in seventh place in Spain, right? Not, yeah. not even having a good year. Um, so 
definitely, uh, you got to give props to Villarreal. I mean, throughout this competition, they, they've certainly put some emphasis on it. And I think that's how they've made it this far. Their reward, unfortunately, is Bayern, but we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And, and I think, again, you know, I, I think this win over Juve will probably give them a lot of confidence against this matchup against Bayern because once you have something like that in your back pocket, it kind of, you know, springs that belief in you. And you, a lot of times you, you play against these bigger clubs, you sometimes give them too much respect and yep. you don't take the game to them uh, and that just plays into their hands. So I think that that should probably help Villa Real here, but uh, you know, we'll get into a little bit why it may not help them in the end. Sure. And then looking at Bayern, uh, you know, surprises here, right? They were perfect in the group stage, 18 out of a possible 18 points, uh, and then an eight to aggregate demolishing of uh, Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, there was a surprising 1-1 draw in that first leg. They were away from home, but they took care of business in that second leg. 7-1 demolition. Lewandowski had a hat trick within the first 25 minutes. Yeah. There was no doubt about this one. Um, and, and you've kind of seen over the course of those two legs, that, that's kind of what you're getting from Bayern this year. We're going to get into it, but uh, you know, it's, it's not always as easy as it seemed, despite the fact that when they turn it on, you know, seven, one in the second, second round of the champions league, you don't really expect to see that. Yeah. It's, it's the same old Bayern, right? We know that when they're on their day that they can pretty much dominate anybody. Uh, it's it's the, the traditional Bayern way. I think the one thing that's really been helping them lately is they've been pretty healthy. Um, no real yeah. big injuries. They don't have any COVID outages. So they've really been able to play that strongest 11. Um, and it's not that, not to say that they're, they're backups or scrubs by any means, but when you have that solid 11 that can play week in and week out consistently, uh, it just kind of amplifies what you're able to do as a team. For sure. And then just looking at some of the league form, you know, it's not necessarily apples to apples, but just to give you guys perspective on how these teams are performing overall, uh, Villarreal is in seventh place that we mentioned. They have 45 points after 29 rounds. They have played well, right? They have uh, draws against Atletico and Real Madrid, uh, but also some losses to similar teams, right? They've lost to Valencia. They've lost to Barcelona. They're, they're kind of just there, right? They're, they're probably going to make a push for Europe. Um, you know, whether it's the Europa League or Conference League, but right now sitting in seventh place, um, you know, hopefully finding form at the right time. Yeah, it's on the back of their defense, right? They have uh, third fewest goals allowed in La Liga this year. So um, that's typically a, a, a way to get yourself into Europe, especially in a, a league like La Liga, if you're able to be solid at the back and, you know, grind out draws when you need them against those, you know, Real Madrid's and the, the Barcelona's. And then you're able to kind of, you know, pick off the, the lower table teams and get the three points that way. That can certainly play you into Europe. No doubt. No doubt. And they're, they're certainly on course. I think uh, ultimately they'll get there. And then you look at Bayern, no surprise they're in first place, um, but it is kind of a surprise when you see how it is that they're playing. They are six points up um, on Borussia Dortmund. Dortmund has not been very good this year either. Uh, nope. Scott will tell you without Haaland, they are absolutely trash. trash. Yep. We've seen that in the Champions League. I think uh, we're seeing it in the Bundesliga. But only being six points up um, is not something they're going to be happy with. They might be comfortable with it, but definitely underperforming. Um, and that includes losses this year in 2022 to um, Machen right? And uh, this other team, Boschem, Boschem. I yeah. don't even know how you say the name. I've never heard of this team in my life. I don't really follow the German league like that. Yeah. Um, and that also includes draws in two of their last three games. So 
league forms going in opposite directions. Yeah. I mean, it kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier, right? You know, if you're a team like Bayern, you're used to just kind of running over teams. And if you have a team that shows a little bit of spirit, a little bit of backbone, uh, kind of hold serve, at least in the first half, then there's opportunity for them to drop points because it's not a familiar territory for them. You know, you have to learn how to react in those situations. And uh, for, for a team that's usually, like we said, you know, in the, that second leg where Bayern is up three, nothing in the first 15 minutes, that's more their familiar territory than yep. being in a zero, zero deadlock at halftime. So sometimes with these teams, you know, if you're, if you're the underdog, all you got to do is just try to survive that first half. You know, you know, there's going to be an onslaught, uh, but if you come through that unscathed, then momentum is a little bit in your favor. Uh, and all it takes is just a little bit of a, 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 a proper uh, touch here or, or something breaks your way there. And now all of a sudden you're on the front foot. So something to keep an eye on. Now you've nailed it. And, you know, we've seen, we, we talked about in the earlier shows, right. Uh, you know, we've seen Barcelona over the years. We, we've certainly seen Man City recently, um, Real Madrid, you know, any of these big teams, PSG, I guess, could be an example in their own league, right? You, you, it's almost strange when you see a team like that, that, oh, they lost a game or, oh, they drew a game. Well, guess what? It happens. And we've seen it more this year than any other year that I can remember across leagues, across competitions, um, you know, certainly even here in the Champions League with their, their 1-1 draw. But, uh, you know, that's Bayern just doesn't look like the Bayern of old. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with relatively new manager, um, for them, I, I think it's also the squad is starting to age a little bit. Definitely. I mean, you know, they definitely go as, as Lewandowski goes, but Lewandowski goes a little bit slower these days. So right. uh, there's, you know, gaps there. Um, you know, Thomas Mueller's getting up there in age. So a lot of those guys that they've relied on year in and year out are starting to get a little bit more advanced uh, in their in their career, to put it gently. But we talked about it when we were, ta- when we were talking about the Atletico game where, you know, Luis Suarez is up there in age two, but when he comes on for a Champions League matchup, you know, your legs can sometimes feel 10 years younger than that they do. So I would expect that to come into play here. Um, I think Bayern knows this is a really good opportunity for them uh, with the way that their draw has shifted out um, to potentially get back into the Champions League final. Uh, Basically, they grabbed, I would probably say, the the second preferred opponent uh, outside of maybe Benfica. So big opportunity for them here. They're going to know it. Yes, they're only six points clear in their league, but this is obviously going to be their priority in terms of rotating players and getting their their best 11, you know, with the freshest of legs. But uh, I think, you know, I think we can expect a a, a solid, true to form Bayern uh, approach to this tie. Uh, And I think Villarreal is going to have to bring their A game if they're going to expect anything out of it. No, no doubt. And you mentioned Lewandowski. I mean, guy has 45 goals across all competitions this year. 12 in the Champions League. We mentioned three last game. I, I mean, I think that's just unheard of, um, you know, outside of the, the Messi and Ronaldo division. Um, and the next closest guy in the squad is Leroy Sané. He has six in the Champions League. Also no slouch, but I mean, you're talking about 18 goals from two players. Yeah. Um, you know, th- these are the two guys that are really going to drive drive the offense. Yeah, and it, they also have some, some guys off the bench that they can bring in. As, you know, if you're talking about you know, maybe Villarreal, who's had a, a pretty stellar defensive record so far this season. Maybe if they can hold serve and uh, they get to, to uh, Bayern's bench, Bayern still has some talent they can bring in between, you know, Nabry, depending if he starts or not. Uh, Kingsley Coleman will probably start, but if not, they can bring him in for a little bit of pace. Uh, we talked about Sané. He's going to be able to, you know, get into the open areas and, and create havoc behind that back line. So they have a lot of offensive firepower that they can throw at this match, uh, depending on, what they need, but you know, you can't put it past 
another Lewandowski performance where he maybe gets a couple of goals in the first half. And then that just kind of allows Bayern to shift into cruise control and just control the, the flow of the game for the second half. And really that's all they need, right? I think if you get a, a big enough lead in this one, you know, obviously things like, you know, Barcelona, Liverpool can happen where you get a 3-0 lead in your home leg and then you go away and blow it. But uh, I wouldn't expect that to happen here. I think Villarreal is a little bit different than Liverpool in that sense where you're not going to expect them to kind of blow out Bayern by, you know, two or three goals in their home leg. I was going to say, you, what they did against Juventus, you're not going to see against this Bayern team. They're too disciplined, yeah. too organized, um, and just that much better than Juventus. So I, I just don't see that same type of result. No. I think the other thing that helps them too is they, they definitely have that leadership that can kind of anchor this team. You know, uh, Thomas Muller obviously is no stranger to, to success in European and club competitions and international competitions. Uh, Lewandowski clearly a little bit more club focused than, than internationally, but even down the bench, I mean, you have Leon Goretzka, who's a that mm-hmm. young upcoming midfielder who I think is showing that he can really take over when, uh, when Muller decides to, to move on or, or potentially retire. I think Goretzka is going to be a, a great one for Bayern in the future. Um, so, and, I think it all kind of plays out from the back too, right? I mean, who would you rather have in goal? I know he's getting up there in age, but Manuel Neuer is a big game player. We talked about how much of a, a, an impact that Oblak can have in, in that. I think Nowark can have the same type of impact for this Bayern team. So even if you are you know, on your heels a little bit, you can have that confidence that the guy in your net is going to do everything he can to keep it out. And you've got a pretty good chance. No, definitely. And, and, and talking about Villarreal, um, you know, they're, they're a little bit more of a, let's call it a balanced attack, right? It's scoring by committee. Um, Moreno has been awesome, right? He leads the team, I think, with 12 goals across all competitions. But they do have eight players that have five or more goals this year. So, um, you know, hit you with a little bit of variety. Their Dutch forward, uh, Dan Yuma, he has five goals in the Champions League. That leads the team. He's certainly going to be relied on. Um, But it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a strength, but it's a little bit difficult to not have that one guy that you can make the reference point that you can rely on when you need him, bring him off the bench, whatever that case may be. You, you almost don't know where the goals are coming from. And I think that's why this team is struggling a little bit. Yeah. But I think that's also, you know, when you're talking about a seventh place La Liga side, trying to take down Bayern Munich, that's the kind of team that you're going to rely on, right? Um, you're not going to want a team that's got like the one or two good players that, a team like Bayern can just game plan around taking the hit this guy out or this guy out of the game, and then you should be able to win, right? You need to have that well-balanced yep. attacking play that they can't just focus on that one area and just eliminate that and then let their talent elsewhere take over the match. You have to really game plan for the entire team. Uh, so I think that does actually work a little bit in, in Villarreal's favor here. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, you certainly don't want to see a blowout. Um you know, it would want the games to be as close as they can. Not in the quarterfinals. Definitely and not. And the one interesting thing uh, that we've noticed about Bayern is their coach, Nagelsmann, uh, he likes to kind of switch up formations. I think more so than other big teams who are set in their ways. They're, they're pretty similar, but um, over the course of the season in the Champions League and in the league, they've switched up between a 4-2-3-1 and a 3-4-2-1. So, um, you know, similar numbers and defense in midfield versus attack but it's uh it's interesting to see and it's a pretty good problem to have with so many skilled attacking players yeah that's a, a luxury that you're afforded when you're buying you really have your your pick of the of the the crop i guess when you're when right. you're in the summer transfer window or the january transfer window you can kind of you know choose the players that are going to be best suited to you and then even if there's a guy that's best available doesn't quite fit in your system you still could take that chance on them and 
you know, switch up the system if you need to, to incorporate them. I mean, I think what's key there though, is between a three, four, was it three, four, two, one, or a four, yeah. three, or a four, two, three, one, there's still a one at the top. Uh, Definitely. That's, that's the guy. So you do have that consistency there. You know, you're going to surround them with, you know, the, we talked about the different talents that they have that are, uh, you know, between Komen and, and uh, Mueller and, and Sané. So your attack is going to be set up. It's just how you want to set up your defense. I think, you know, with a balanced attack, like we were just talking about with Villarreal, you could probably get away with a pretty simple four-man back line. You don't really yeah. have to try to overload a midfield with a 3-4-2-1. But, uh, you know, at any rate, Bayern's midfielders are going to have more talent than the midfield that Villarreal is going to trot mm-hmm. out. So you don't have to try to worry about putting numbers and overloading one part of this, the field versus another. Uh, I think he could get, you know, I think Nagelsmann can approach this with a pretty straightforward approach. We're talking about Pep sometimes tinkering too much. Um, in this case, stick to what is, is going to get you to the next round. And I think in this case, it's probably going to be a four-man back line. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, again, credit, he has a, a, a bunch of riches that he can choose from, right? But credit to him for not trying to shoehorn players into one particular formation like we see with a lot of other big coaches. But at the same time, putting your best player in a position to succeed, right? You mentioned Lewandowski up front. That's the way you have to roll. And they've done a great job of it so far. Um, and then when you look at Villarreal, I, I think, you know, they, they have a different coach. I'll let Scotty speak on him in a second. But they've been mostly sticking to a traditional formation of 4-4-2. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they've experimented a little more in the Champions League, you know, different styles across different leagues. But uh, I think keeping players deep against Bayern and counterattacking is is probably going to fit that style. So the four four two is to be expected. Yeah, that's a, pretty much the the stock formation in Europe these days. I mean, that or the four three three, depending yep. on what your talent affords you. But uh, you know, I think the interesting thing about the way the Vill- Villarreal sets up is they they've been playing with Lacelso, who if you're a Tottenham fan, you may recognize him. Um, playing him as one of the the attacking players when. Traditionally, he's been more of a, an attack midfielder as opposed to an out-and-out out forward. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up with him. Um, speaking of Tottenham, I was looking through the roster of Villarreal. There's actually four <laughs> former Tottenham players on this lineup. So uh, maybe – I don't know what that says about Tottenham's current scouting department, uh, that they have these guys that are now playing in a quarterfinals of a Champions League matchup under a head coach of you know Emery, who we saw was not very successful in, in London at the other club at Arsenal – um, but between, we just mentioned, uh, La Celso, you also have Etienne Capoue from, you know, Tottenham of three or four years ago, uh, Sergei Aurier, who was recently there, I think within the past year playing for, um, he was there under Mourinho. So he's been there with him at least the past year. And then Juan Foyth, uh, who I think is the big surprise to me. I, I didn't realize he was over at Villarreal now, but, uh, he was Tottenham, I think maybe two or three years ago, um, Probably was one of the uh, the first guys that Mourinho cleaned out, I, I think. But uh, lots of lots of London connections in this Villarreal setup here between Emery from Arsenal and then those four guys from, from Tottenham. It'll be kind of an interesting one to watch, at least from a, a Premier League fan's perspective, because the the memories I have of these guys is that they weren't quite up to par for what those clubs were expecting, except for maybe La Celso. I think La Celso yeah. got the short end of the stick. But definitely, it be, looks like he's getting it now. I mean, yeah. you mentioned right, why is Listen, skilled player, quality player. Why is he playing as a striker in a four-four-two? He should be one of those four uh, out on the wings. I wonder if they're just a little worried about his defensive ability and they don't want him coming yeah, in mean, that midfield. 
he's a guy that plays better in space. So you got to try to find him a position in the field where he's going to have the most amount of space. Uh, so maybe that's Emery's a plan is just to get him out forward. So he doesn't have to do that dirty work in the midfield of trying yeah. to control possession or, you know, intercept the, the, the opposing team's passes, but um, you know, let's see how it works. I mean, it, he's clearly had struggled when he was at Spurs Conte didn't see any you know reason to keep him around. So uh, maybe this is a, an opportunity for him to kind of show that, you know, maybe he was misjudged during his time at Spurs and, and that yeah. he really is that top player that, you know, Tottenham thought they were getting you know, a year or two ago when they, when they bought him for, I think it was like 60 million pounds. It was a pretty decent fee. For sure. So the, I think one of the last things we want to touch on is um, we call it the eye test, right? So just watching Bayern, looking at their results, seeing how they play. I think the eye test um, is telling us, look, despite all of the amazing qualities they have, the fact that they're big favorites here, everything we've pointed out, they've kind of struggled against that shitty competition with nothing to lose. And I don't know that Villarreal exactly fits into that category, but I want to see if they can prove us wrong, you know, with the first or second most favorable draw they could ask for. Um, But I, you know, the one thing I'll say, and and we're going to give you these odds, they are plus 300 to win the champions league. Those are the third shortest odds um, of the eight teams left. No way do I see them winning at all the way they've played this year. Yeah, and again, we, we talked about it a little bit uh, in the Atletico odds where they were, I think, plus 2,500 to win it all. Um, it's not necessarily indicative of the team quality. I think it's indicative of the path they have to get yep. to the finals. Uh, Benfica and Villarreal being both on their side of the uh, eight-team bracket, so to speak, I think that certainly helps them. Um, I think everybody's kind of already looking forward to the semifinal matchup of Liverpool versus Bayern. It's yep. Klopp versus Bayern. I think those are the headlines that everybody's just waiting to write, but obviously you got to take care of business in your quarterfinals match uh, to get there. Uh, and I think, you know, I think Villarreal has every chance to, to upset them here. I mean, we talked about their saw on the defense. Uh, we don't think this is going to necessarily be a blowout where Lewandowski's coming in and getting a hat trick in the first, you know, half of the first <laughs> game and just basically putting the entire tie on ice. I think there's going to be uh, some decent back and forth here. We know that Villarreal has shown their ability to, you know, come back and, and win it, even if that's in the away leg. Yep. Um, and it's, it, I think it's really just going to come down to can Villarreal create enough to, to, to take over the tie, right? They're not going to be winning this a 1-0 or a 2-1, to right? They're going to probably have to score three or four goals, but I could see them keeping Bayern to one goal a match, right? You can see them, you know, going 1-1 away and maybe winning 2-1 at home. Uh, I think that's their path to, to upsetting Bayern in this tie. Yeah, it's going to have to be. But certainly the things that we've seen over the course of the Champions League is they definitely know how to generate chances. And I think they're really good from set pieces. And, you know, when you're the, the lesser team here, that's how you have to grind out these wins, right? You have to get set pieces, convert. You have to score when you generate these scoring chances. Yeah. You have to take advantage. Got to be clinical. Um, I mean, obviously that's every game, right? But it's, it's that much more critical in a tie like this. Yeah, and, and assistant coach Steve was here. He'd be bringing up XG and how they have to, they're going to have to outperform their XG in this match. But, um, you know, it, it's as simple as if you have the ball and a good opportunity to score, it's got to find the way in the back of the net. Has However to. you do that, you know, that's up to you. But if you're, you know, trying to take the extra pass and it's it's not coming off right, or if you're taking the shot and, you're going for the top right corner and you're missing the, the net entirely. That's not what you need. You got to get the ball on net. You got to force the, the, the other keeper. In this case, it's going to be Nauer, but you got to force him to make the saves. Uh, and you got to capitalize when you do have those, you know, two, maybe three opportunities that just happen to fall your way. Yep. No doubt. 
And just to, to formally fill you guys in, Villarreal is uh, plus 8,000 to win the Champions League. Those are the second worst odds. Uh, they will not be winning the Champions League. Sorry if you're a fan <laughs> of that team. Best of luck to them, but don't throw your money away on either of those two bets. Uh, I think that's the consensus here. It kicks and picks. I mean, the good news for Villarreal, though, is if they get to the semifinals, the money that they're going to be getting from this Champions League advancement is going to be probably enough like to consider winning the that. League. Yeah, it's going to be enough for them to consider this a success. So yep. really, I think this tie for them could very much be like their big, you know, we've talked about it's their Super Bowl, right? I think this is kind of their Super Bowl where it's like, hey, if we can win this and we get to the semifinals and we collect that, you know, additional revenue for next season, we can reinvest it and find replacements for some of the older guys in the squad. We're going to set ourselves really up, uh, set ourselves up really well for next season. Maybe not being a seventh place team, but being a team that's in the top four and competing with Atletico, Real, and Barca for those you know, top you know three or four positions. So uh, I'm going to throw out a number, Scott. I hadn't seen this prior to today, but it looks like the lines are up. Uh, that first leg match, Bayern is minus 180 on the money line. So not as big of a favorite as that as those two advance or to those win the Champions League numbers would suggest. Uh, Villarreal plus four fifty. Yeah, I'm gonna put myself in the the Vegas odds maker headspace here. I'm guessing what they're they're trying to predict here is that Bayern is comfortable taking a draw yep. and going back to to their home stadium for the second leg and winning there. Uh, so maybe they're guessing that Villarreal will be on the back foot, trying to just hold serve. Like we've talked about Bayern will be more than happy to allow them to do that. I think what this is telling me, Nick, is that the under in this first leg is almost a guaranteed lock because yeah. if you don't have Bayern trying to really you know, win the, the tie in the first leg and you have Villarreal happy to just kind of extend their chances to just getting a, maybe a, a sneaky goal in the second half of the second leg that wins them and puts them onto the next round. Then the first, the first, I guess leg of this match will probably, or the, of this tie will be a pretty boring, pretty, you know, Hey, let's just kind of feel each other out. See what same way that first year and, match was right. Yep. Exactly like it. So under two and a half and whatever that is, maybe it's minus minus one ninety, but it's probably somewhere in the one fifty or one sixty when it comes out, uh, that might be the, the way to go in this one. Yeah, certainly. We'll, we'll keep a strong eye on this as it gets closer. We'll keep you guys informed. The draw is plus three twenty. Um, I don't know. Uh, not not a bad look. Let's uh, let's wait till it's a little closer to game time. But I think uh, the numbers are interesting, and let's let's agree here that you know, look, Villarreal has a shot. I think they. I, I don't know if they have the same chance that Atletico does. We spoke about them. I think they're a little better positioned um, against City, but I, I think Bayern is that much more inconsistent. At least City has been consistent. Yep. I don't know that I would take a shot at plus 600, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility. But uh, again, I think we said this before for Benfica fans, but if you're a Villarreal fan, by all means, put money on your team, back them to win, get to that semifinals. Um, everyone else, you know, maybe you look for better value elsewhere. No doubt. No doubt about it. So no official official plays yet. We're looking at the under in that first leg. We're looking at probably Bayern on the money line. If that odds, if those odds stay kind of close to where they are, I can see a one nothing win. Uh, but certainly, you know, we, we expect Bayern to advance, right? Not advocating for you guys to lay 1400. We would never do it, but it seems almost like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I think we're all 
kind of looking forward to that Liverpool Bayern matchup. Definitely. Just gotta just hope both teams can kind of take care of business in their quarterfinal round to get there. Yep. This is one of those you have to get through. So uh, probably the, the least enjoyable game of, of the, of this round of the quarterfinals, but um, we've given you some things to look out for and hopefully these teams prove us wrong. Well, awesome. Thank you guys for listening in to, to this quarterfinal preview. Be sure to check out our other episodes. We've detailed every single match. And be sure to like, follow, subscribe on Twitter on 5 Thank you guys for listening in.